Why's up? It's your brother, your cousin, your uncle, your nephew, your friend, but I can't be your son as you can folk. Will Henry, and this is articulating. This is articulating. Rap, 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 rap. Yeah, Will Henry, but my industry name is William Jewel, right? William Joel. That's my real name. So I just decided to cancel out Joel and name myself William Jewel because I feel like. The diamonds are made under the pressure, right? The diamonds are found under the rough, and I've been rough and rugged for many years, and now I've been found, and now I've been found, and I now I want to deliver to y'all this excellent, this superb, this exciting, this mind-provoking podcast, right? Articulating rap. So, man, thank y'all for listening. Thank y'all for giving me y'all attention. Thank y'all for giving me y'all ears. Uh, it's been way past due. Uh, if you're looking at the visual, you can see that I got the mic now. I didn't have the mic, so that's why that first podcast was really rough. But I wanted to put it out anyways because I wanted to get myself going. I wanted to give myself some motivation to get going. And, uh, man, here we are now. Right? And uh, first thing I want to talk about is the Fredo Bank. So that's what we're going to do at the beginning of most podcast that I do because this is based on music commentary this is why I was motivated this is what I got passion in doing I got this mic long time ago because I wanted to make music I wanted to rap I wanted to do poetry and uh it's still being useful even at that time even though that time has passed so you know I'm thankful either way right we make use of what we can make use of and and that's what we're going to do on this podcast. We make use of what news is out there. We make use of what music we hear. And uh, I want to talk to y'all about that Fredo Bang. Uh, I like the album, right? And it's kind of like that 21 album. To me, like, I really can't find a bad record on that album. Now, there are some good and some great songs. And, I mean, I feel like the great songs are when he really stepped out of his Louisiana box. Right, because Louisiana got a certain bop. They got a certain type of music. They got a certain type of production. You hear it in the old Boosie and Webby. You hear it now in NBA Youngboy. You hear it with Fred O'Bang, too. And I feel like when he gets out of those confines, then he makes those timeless records. Then he makes that music that could be felt worldwide. But as long as he stays in that Louisiana bop, that Louisiana bounce, then, you know, he going to kind of stay in that box. And I was talking to somebody on Facebook. We was having a conversation. He was like, Fredo's good. I like Fredo. But when we talk about his class, when we talk about the MCs, the rappers in his generation, right, and his group, he's not considered a great artist compared to them. And I feel like he is the greater artist. He has a lot more talent, but he's just not mainstream. He's just not worldwide. He's just not known as much as some of these other artists because Fredo Bang is not with the big machines. He's not with the big record labels. So the reason why you know Dirk, why you know Lil Baby, why you know NBA Youngboy, and you may not know Fredo Bang is because of that, right? And uh, the album, Yes, I'm Sad, right? Looked like one of his children's, looks like one of his child's uh, drew some of the stuff in the background. Maybe he drew some of these things, but I think it's cool. Right, and now I'm looking at the uh, the record label, the productions. Right, this this is under exclusive license to Def Jam Recordings, a division of 
Universal Music Group recordings, but see La Vie, C'est La Vie Productions Incorporated, right? That's that's where he's making his music from, right? So it's pretty much being distributed by Def Jam. That's also under the Universal umbrella. So that's what I'm looking at right now, right? Yes, I'm sad that intro track, man. It's kind of like the the album where he did the Street Lights, like that first track. It really kind of brought me in to the whole album. Yes, I'm sad. That was the album title, and he and he started it off with the album title song, and that was probably one of the better songs. I love Tina Turner, right? Really, the first few tracks in the beginning are good. Love and Relations is that square square biz. It got that sample. I'm talking square biz to you, baby. Uh, that business is probably one of the hotter singles that are out. Uh, that's pr- pretty much one of the singles that he's pushing. Uh, dropping logo hard too. Uh, I love the song with Rob Forty Nine. Uh, NLE Chopper. That was okay. That was probably like Sideways is probably the only song that I really didn't care for, and it was because of NLE Chopper. Brand new AP. Rick Ross. Think it worked right, and then Gangsta's Prayer. So I would say going through this album list. Sideways is probably the one that I don't really care for, but everything else is either good to great. So I think Fredo did a good job, especially following that 21 Savage release. Uh, and the reason why that 21 Savage had no skips because he kind of, you know, stayed within his sound. He stayed within his realm. And I believe that Fredo Bang, the real Fredo Bang fans, will love this because he stayed within his style. He stayed within his lane. He stayed within his realm. He didn't try to do too much. He didn't try to sing too much. Uh, he didn't try to rap too much, but he gave us the great mixture of everything, right? You know, the the dark, the pain, like, you know, he gave us a little bit of that upbeat, that that drop it low, that type of tempo, uh, tempo and a ring, ring, ring with Kevin Gates. So, I mean, I could go through all the tracks on a track list, but bottom line, this was a good album. Uh, the reason why it's not great is because of the production is because he stayed within that louisiana box louisiana bounce louisiana bop right if he would have got outside of there and and tested with a more uh little dark instrumentals uh little baby type of instrumentals just a universal sound within the rap game instead of one region of sound then i think he really could have you know gone to that next level but since he didn't right since he didn't i believe that this was a good album. So on a scale of one through 10, I will probably put it at a 7.5, right? Because this is what he expects. This is what you expect out of him. This is what his fans gonna expect out of him. I'm a Fredo fan. This is kind of what I expected out of him, right? So he has a seven right there, right? He did give us some great tracks. I give that the point five, but he didn't go outside of his norm. He didn't test the boundaries. He didn't transcend his sound. And anything that's going to be a nine or higher or even an eight and higher, you got to show me that you're being vulnerable. You you got to show me that you're taking some risk and you're doing something different creatively to put yourself into that realm. So I keep them at that 7.5. Fredo Bang. Yes, I'm sad. Please go listen to that on all streaming platforms. Uh, Louisiana, I'm from Texas. So, you know, we got that natural kinship. We got that natural brotherhood with each other. Right, and we're going to keep it on going. We're going to keep it on going because we can't stay on 
the same topic the whole time because I told y'all I'm not going to be long and drawn out. None of these are probably going to be over 30 minutes tops, right? I might give y'all a 20-minute, 25-minute episode if I get long-winded, but I'm not going to go in too much. So, dang, what's up with uh, Yasin Bey and Drake? Yasin Bey, he said that Drake's music sound like shopping at a Target in Houston. Right, and I did a, a a clip, a little real, kind of like comedy, but you know what I'm saying, trying to be insightful. But when he said Houston, I was thinking of Katy, Texas. Like that was funny, that was a joke, and I could see why Drake took it the way he took it because damn, why these guys always sending shots at me? Right, we not sending the shots at Kendrick, we not sending the shots at Cole. Right, although. They both deserve the shots, and Drake has been sending shots at Kendrick himself. Cole, he always wants to be, you know, liked by everybody, which I believe is to his detriment, and that's why he's not considered greater than those other guys, right? So, Cole, he likes to play friendly. Drake, he's a little bit too sassy and a little bit too corny, and he trolls more than he needs to in Kendrick. He just doesn't put out the music. He needs to put out on a consistent basis. And then some people could see him as weird, right? Because the different voices, the animations that he uses. But uh, as far as Drake goes, come on now. Drake is a top dog. Yasin Bey was asked a question. He didn't just go in to talk about Drake. But he definitely, you know what I'm saying, said something that he didn't have to say. Drake, the thing about Drake, you can't deny him right you can't deny his greatness you can't deny what he's doing in music but you also can't deny that, that that there are machines you can't deny that he was oversaturating the market recently and that made his music uh less valuable that made his music less consumable right because it was just a little bit too much and the fact that he did that other scary albums deluxe after he dropped for all my dogs just to prove that he could still rap and be hip-hop that was just kind of like a, a slap in the face to all of us uh hip-hop heads right that was just something like you like we didn't even need this if you're only gonna do this because we call you out then we don't need it right if you're only gonna do something because i tell you to then you didn't do it from the goodness from the pure part of your soul you did it to prove a point. And since you did it to prove a point, your point wasn't proven. He did it out of spite and not in spite of. So, I mean, Drake, I get it. He He's commercial. He's mainstream. Like she said in the uh, video, he's mastered the formulaic, fun-loving, entertaining music. He's mastered it. He He's a culture vulture. And I, I hate to say culture vulture, but he knows where to take styles from. He knows where to take melodies from. He knows where to take flows from and create it and concoct it in his own Drake type of way so that it can sell, so that it can sound recent, so that it can be hot. And he just has that voice. He has the voice that a lot of people are used to, right? Sometimes when people get used to a certain voice, there's no way they can lose, right? When we hear that Lil Wayne raspy voice, there's nothing that he can do to lose unless he's dropping some whack lyrics. All he got to do is be good and, you know, that's going to suffice us, right? Jay-Z, yo, I'm Jay. <laughs> J-B. It's Hove. 
You know, that's all Jay-Z got to do. He got to come with that squeaky, squeaky voice on the track, and we going to show love. We going to like it. So, Drake, I, I get it, bro. We don't hate you, bro. Like, I make my videos about Drake because it's funny, because he's an easy target, because he's popular. So I know that's going to drive the views, that's going to drive the likes, of course. But I don't hate Drake. But I feel like what Drake is doing right now, as far as, or what he's done recently, as far as oversaturating the market with his music, has made his music less valuable. And, and those are the facts. And some people got tired of it. And, you know, some people loved it. But I feel like Drake is one of those artists, like, he needs to take a break and leave us wanting more, right? If his stomach was hurt, he needs to take a Pepto-Bismol. He needs to take some Tums and sit his booty behind down, right? <laughs> so, uh, Drake, bro, you know, I don't know if your, your stomach is bad because of uh, you've been eating too many nasty booties. Eating too many nasty poo nannies on that road or, you, or your stomach is bad because you've been drinking a lot and not been nourishing in your body because we know you you get that lipo. We know you do those uh, abs, uh, etches or sketches, whatever, etcher sketchers on your abs, right? So we know you do those things. So you need to take care of your health, bro. You got too much money not to be eating healthy. You got too much money to be messing with these women that are having cleaned themselves. Talking about sassy men, right? You know, it's, it's been a lot of people that's been talking about D-Wade and, and these nails, right? I've also talked about the nails, the Uzi Verts, the Lil Pump, even the Drake banana colored nails. I've, I've talked about these men with these nails, right? And if you want to get down to the specifics of it, that is a feminine way to present yourself, right? Not that only women can do it. Men can do it, right? We were told, we were taught, we were trained mentally that this was for women. This was for girls. Does it have to only be for girls? Should it only be for girls? No, it doesn't have to be. But that's within our culture. That's what's in our society norm. So if you want to buck the norms just to be cool, if you want to buck the norms to get attention around you, that's fine, right? And D-Wade... He's been emasculated by Gabrielle Union. Let's just keep it a bean. Let's just keep it a hundred. And since he's been de emasculated by Gabrielle Union, we don't see him the same. We don't see that same man that uh, we used to see. What was his nickname? Was it Batman? He was the Batman to LeBron Superman, right? What was D-Wade's nickname? The Flash? Yeah. It was a DC character, but we, we see that you're moving in the Flash. You're moving too fast, my brother. Like Dwayne Wade, bro, like, I like D-Wade. I don't love D-Wade. I like D-Wade. I'm, I'm a Mamba mentality type of guy. I'm a Mamba first. I have no issue with what he's doing, right? But I would just caution him to think about, like, what he's doing, right? And the ramifications of that and the reactions of that. And maybe that's the way we've been brainwashed. Maybe that's the way we've been taught. But we've been taught that way and we can't deprogram that and reprogram ourselves all in one situation. It takes time. It takes years to alter your mind frame and uh, speaking personally for myself. I mean, I wouldn't want my son to think that's cute. 
But I'm around to explain to my son why I don't think that's cute and why I don't believe or feel like men have to do that, right? Because at the end of the day, that's more about like fashion. That's more about getting people to talk because why else do you do it? Like a man can get a pedicure and have clear nails. Like why else do you paint them? You paint them to get a reaction, not because you look at your nails and be like, dang, they look pretty. You like, dang, I look clean with these red nails and these, like you think that's an accessory to go along with the outfit. Just like this orange hat with this blue hoodie, right? With the dreads hanging low, right? Or I could take the chains off and show y'all the cross on the necklace or whatever. It's the, it's the accessory, but you know what I'm saying? We take this accessory away, right? I take this hat off, then I might not be as fresh. I might not be as clean. So we add those on. Cause so it's a fashion statement at the end of the day. It's a fashion statement, and uh, Dwayne Wade, just be careful with these fashion statements, bro. Just be careful with these fashion statements. I mean, not even be careful, you know what I'm saying? Because we know about Zaya Wade, but just understand that there's criticism that's gonna come with it. That's all, right? So if somebody criticizes you, I don't feel bad for you, cause somebody criticizes you, right? Because that's what comes with. Trolling. That's what comes with making fashion statement. That's what comes with wearing certain things that in the norm of society, men are not supposed to wear. Right? Quote, unquote. So, I mean, it is what it is. But I feel like it takes away from his legacy of basketball. And, like, when you've built your brand, you built your legacy doing one thing, and now you're known for being emasculated. I mean, just for that onlooker. For that fan from somebody like in the bleachers in the crowd like i don't know it just when i think about your legacy now i think more about this activity than your actual skills on the court right i i do like and it's unfortunate that i do it's unfortunate that some other people do but that's the truth of the matter d-wade so please please just think about that like when you move how you move Right. And, you know, think of and, and we talking about emasculation. Right. No, Tori Hart did not emasculate Kevin, but I believe she hit him with a low blow. Right. I believe that was a cheap shot to join Cat Williams tour. Right. And because we talking about legacy, the name D Wade, that last name, Wade County. Right. Florida. He did it big for the Miami Heat. We talking about Kevin Hart. Right, he's one of the greatest comedians of his generation, if not the greatest, because of what he's able, to, what he's been able to do, the movies, the stand-ups, right, the network of comedians, just like the people he put on, right, the people he's been around, like, K. Hart. You, I mean, you don't have to love his comedy, right? You ain't got to think he's the funniest guy in the world, but you got to respect his grind and you got to respect his hustle. Like, we talking about the Hollywood stuff. We talking about the stuff that Cat Williams said, bro. Like, Hollywood is Hollywood. When y'all getting in Kappa Alpha Psi, when y'all getting in Omega Sci-Fi, when y'all getting in them Sigma Betas, we don't know what y'all doing trying to get in them clubs, trying to get into them fraternities. We don't know what y'all doing in Delta Sigma Theta, AKA. We don't know what y'all do, right? Y'all don't tell the people. And then if somebody goes out and tells others what y'all doing, they'll be shunned, right? 
people are not gonna want to deal with them and and that's what cat williams has done he's going into the fraternity seeing how the fraternity is run and he wants to come out and spill the beans right and and spilling the beans he he's thrown dirt at kevin hart's name he's thrown dirt on the hearts legacy no no to add insult to injury cat williams wants to bring a heart on his comedy tour he wants to hit him where it hurts he wants to get kevin hart's wife the woman he had his first kids with the woman he married the woman that at one point of time he loved right yes he didn't do right some guys don't do right some guys are not 100% faithful, but he was a provider. He he was doing everything he could for his family. Like, God damn. Can a brother get a break? He out here working. He out here putting in his work, trying to do all the things he can to put this woman right, to get these kids right, to get his mama good. His mama passed away. Daddy died like two. Come on now. The dude just was grinding. And, and when you grinding like that, your head's down, you lose focus. You... You lose focus, you can get distracted. But the one thing that stays, number one, is the grind. And sometimes you lose sight of your family. And sometimes you lose sight of what type of effects they could have on your children. He messed up, he made a mistake, but that was over a decade ago. Like, and all the benefits that you received after this, all the benefits you received after that. Damn, Kevin Hart, he deserves no respect. Right, come on now. I was there from the beginning of when he built this brand, so I deserve to have this name. Dang. I wish I could tell the world what I deserved. Right? I wish a man could tell a woman he deserved to be treated right. He deserved to have all his meals ready for him when he comes home for work. No, that's not how it works. It's it's not about who deserves what. It's about what you earn for yourself. And if you have to use that name for Cat Williams to spew more vitriol into the heart's legacy and you're being and you're and you're a part of that, then I don't know. I don't like it, Tori. She says she was writing some of Kevin Hart's material and all that stuff too. And so since she's done all that, since she's an aspiring comedian, you know. She's taking this opportunity to put herself on since Kevin Hart didn't want to put her on. But Kevin Hart did put her on. Like, if we family like that, we once loved each other. We had, we got kids by each other. Why would you do that to me? And you know I'm beefing with this dude. Like, why would you do that? Because after all that we've done... That you've done and helped build my brand. You want to team up with somebody who's going to dismantle this brand? Please make it make sense, Tori. But, you know, I don't I don't like it. I don't approve of it. Uh, maybe y'all see different, you know. And, and if, if you do, leave your comments. You know, tell me why you feel different. Uh, but I, I just don't think that it was a good way to go about doing this if you're the ex-wife of one of the biggest superstars in comedy and you're continuing to use the heart name to benefit from it right so uh if you're going to benefit from it let's work together let's work as a team let's work as a, a company let's move as a unit <laughs> let's not move separately let's not move in 
you know what I'm saying, try to be selfish with our own endeavors. All right, I get it. Kevin didn't do the best job, you know what I'm saying, when y'all was married. And maybe you have a intent on getting back at him. You know, because that's the only way I could see that this would even slightly be approval. Approvable. Like, if you, if Kevin did something to you that was unforgivable, and then you saw this as a way to just chip away at him and get back him get back at him in your own way. But whatever he did to you in the past, if he cheated on you, if he married that other woman, I feel like now y'all leaving. So anything after this that you that you put on that heart name, then this will be malicious. Then it, it will be because of, you know, some you you'll be trying to, you know, Throw dirt, right? You just be trying to throw shade, throw stones, whatever it's called. Like, I just don't like it. But, so, you know, that's just my take on it. Uh, so, let's talk football. Let's talk football. And then uh, we're going to close it out. Let's talk football. Man, prayers up to Dak Prescott. You know, these fans going to really put my boy through it. He threw two picks in that playoff game against Green Bay. Right, one close to the goal line and one that was returned for pick six. Uh, now, if you do the math on that, right, that means that's 14 points. Green Bay scored 48 points, and the Cowboys lost 48-32. It was 48-16 with six minutes left in the fourth quarter, so they would have still been up 34-16, right? So uh, you do the math on that, right, the defense is culpable. But, of course, you're going to put the, the blame on Dak, and I believe that Dak has to make those plays when the team needs him. I believe when the defense can't be counted on, he has to step up in those big games, and I don't know why I've been watching Dak's career since the very beginning. But sometimes in those games, early on in his career, he didn't play with that pressure. But now his butt get tight, and uh, he, he can throw those picks sometimes. So, uh, Dak, I love you. But you gotta, you gotta be able to play better, bro. You gotta be able to play better in that crunch time. You gotta be able to play better in that clutch, right? It doesn't matter what you do in the regular season at this point, because you played so great at the regular season and haven't proven yourself in the postseason. Then I think that's why we need you to perform in that in that uh, postseason, bro. And really, all it takes is one postseason to get them off your back. All it takes is one postseason. And they'll get off your back for two or three years. You, you, you perform in one postseason, right? And sh really, one Super Bowl to change their minds. So, I mean, you right there. Don't give up, bro. You right there. But I'm not sure if the Cowboys will give up on him before uh, he can he can get there, before he can get to that pinnacle, before he can really raise himself into that elite conversation. Because if he get there, then all the stats that he had in the regular season they will be accounted for, and then he could possibly, potentially be in the Hall of Fame. So, uh, man, much love to Dak, bro. I know he going through it. I know he hearing a lot of that bullshit from the fans, you know, because of the Cowboys uh, fan base. But, you know, it's not all on him. He is part to blame, uh, but it's not all on him if you play this team game, you know. So, uh it is what it is. And then Jalen Hurts. I didn't really watch a lot of that, that Philly game, to be honest. But I've watched them, you know, uh, go on a downturn towards the end of the season. 
And, you know, they've been saying that Jalen looks hurt. And I believe he's hurt because he haven't really used his legs like he should have. And since he hasn't been able to use his legs, he didn't have A.J. Brown there either, lost one of his main targets. Then, you know, he it took a piece of his game away, right? And some of those passes that you make when you're able to use your legs, that opens up the defense a lot more for you. So all you got to do is just make the pass, make the throw, right? An easy read. But uh, I think since he wasn't able to use his legs, keep the defense on their toes throughout the end of that season, then uh, that's kind of what hurt them. Uh, but, you know, I still love Jalen, Bama boy, uh, stand-up guy, great human being. Like they say, I, I believe Dak is the same way. Uh, but is he a real leader, right? That's the questions that's coming out about him, right? Is he a real leader? I know he's a man of integrity. Uh, I know he's a man of dignity and respect, honor, you know. He's a noble guy. But is he, and, and that's the question about Dak too, is he a real leader, right? Because like, when you think about leaders of men, like think if you would want to follow that guy. Like think if you would want that guy to lead you into victory. Like if you could get in a huddle with him and just hear what he says and be like, hell yeah, hell yeah. Or would you get in a huddle and be like, this dude's just talking. Like, that's how I think about it, right? This dude's just talking because when he get out there, he gonna, he gonna catch that poo nanny. When he, when he get out there, he gonna be, he gonna be trash, right? So, uh, can you lead me, bro? Can, can you be believable to me? Like, can you be genuine enough to where, like, when you say something, I can believe you and I can, and I can go, go through those efforts with you. So, uh, Jalen, Dak, keep your heads up. Uh, Jordan Love, CJ Stroud, those guys that moved on. Uh, man, much love, much love to those guys. Much love to those guys too. You know, CJ Stroud, I give him a hard time, but we do need that three-year resume, right? We do need that three-year resume because somebody always shows up and looks good that first year when nobody have them figured out. Right, then they get more data. Then they be able to download a little bit more, and that guy is not the same. So, CJ Stroud, we need a little bit more evidence on you. We need a little bit more resume, but so far, so good. Uh, I don't blame you for that Houston-Texas loss against Baltimore because y'all was supposed to lose. That was the number one seed. They beat down San Francisco 49ers, but you did not help your team score any touchdown. The touchdown that they scored was a special teams touchdown, and then they got field goal. So all their points put on the board was through special teams, right? Yeah, the, the Texans defense, Chris Harris, woo, he a dog. And, of course, Anderson is a dog, too. Uh, and, uh, you know, they did their thing. I like I like old boy in the back end, number 24. Uh, dang, I can't even think of his name right now, but he's a cornerback. Uh Stingley, yeah, Stingley, Stingley. I like Stingley. Uh, I like what they got on defense, so I expect the Houston Texans to be good. They got my boy D'Amico in the mix, too, LB. So, salute to my LBs, linebackers. I played linebacker in college, uh, so I love the linebacker play. Uh, and Chris Harris, he really stood out to me on that film. But Roquan Smith, Patrick Queen, they was balling like crazy, too. So, uh, salute to the Baltimore Ravens. Lamar Jackson for president. Two touchdowns in the air, two touchdowns on the ground. Like, that guy's insane. 
Like I look at Lamar Jackson and I see me. Like see a dark skinned guy with longer hair. He don't try to talk too proper. Uh, but he try to make sure that you can understand him. And uh, you know, he stays out of trouble too. Uh, so he's a guy of integrity. He's a guy I definitely like just if I could see what he did on the field and just be in a locker room with him, like that was a that's a guy that definitely could lead me. Like even that I'm a older I'm older than him, but like I'll I'll listen to what he gotta say. I'll I'll respect what he gotta say just cause I know that he's what he got is God given. What what he got on that field, he's he's been anointed. Right? And and the anointed ones, you gotta respect their game. You got to respect that game. Pat Mahomes, salute to Pat Mahomes. I mean, we knew he was going to move on. I never bet against Pat Mahomes like I never bet against LeBron James. Josh Allen, yes, he beat the Steelers. But I believe Pat Mahomes going to have something to say because the re- the game when Pat Mahomes says something to them referees, I believe, like, you know, this is going to be the game that, you know, Pat Mahomes might have to make a statement. Right, so when this episode comes out, it's going to be a day after the game. So, uh, I mean, maybe I'm right, maybe I'm wrong, but those are just my predictions. So I do got uh, the Chiefs over the Bills and these next games. Uh, I got, uh, who's else playing? I got Detroit uh, over the Bucks. Uh, Baker Mayfield, I think this is his Daniel Jones year like last year. I think Baker Mayfield is good, but I think he's going to be an inconsistent quarterback. I don't see him being uh, great on a consistent basis. I see him have a good season, maybe a bad season, a good season, maybe a bad season. I don't see him as a quarterback that's going to get his team to the playoffs every year. Uh, So that's how I feel about Baker. Uh, Golf, I think golf is just, he's surrounded with weapons, bro. Like same thing in in uh St. Louis or Los Angeles, golf. He's just been surrounded by weapons, so it's hard for him not to be good. Only way he won't be good is if he throw the ball over. He can't run, like, and he really can't. Like I looked at him, I don't I don't like golf like that. I don't like how he passes the ball. Like he can pass short, but like I feel like his deep ball is kind of inaccurate, not strong. His arm is not strong. That's what I saw when I saw golf play. So I believe like golf. I think he has a lot of talent around him. Uh, uh, the game manager thing, like Cam Newton said, right? I do believe golf is an elite game manager. Uh, and if he throws picks, uh, he will cost his uh, team the game. Uh, Tua, I think Tua, he needs one more year, right? He started that year. He got hurt this year. He got one more year to prove to me what type of quarterback he is. And then after those three starting years, then I'll believe who he is. After those three starting years, uh, so the Steelers they had a backup quarterback, right? And even their starting quarterback was pretty much a backup quarterback caliber level. So the the Steelers, you know, nobody expected them to beat Buffalo. Uh, Brock Purdy he beat uh, Green Bay. Uh, Debo went out. Brock Purdy, uh, I think he's a elite game manager. Uh, I don't believe he's a game changer just yet. Uh, this is second year starting. And he's shown that, you know, he'll make mistakes. He'll make mistakes. Uh, now, albeit it was inclement weather, was raining a little bit, but, you know, uh, Brock Purdy's shown that he'll make mistakes. So uh, I think the jury's still out on Brock Purdy. I think after this year, I'll give him one more year, and then we'll see what he does that year. And that'll prove to me is if, if he's a great quarterback or if he's just a good quarterback with great weapons around him. So, uh 
Jury's still out on Brock Purdy. So, I mean, that's the discussion of football right now. Let's see what happens uh, tomorrow. Let's see what happens uh, in this round, this divisional round, and then we, and let's see what this championship round looks like. Uh, so I'm doing, I'm recording on Sundays, and I'll be putting these clips out on Monday. So let's just see where we're at, right? So that's my analysis, uh, football-wise. Obviously, it's a lot better uh, than all these other analysis because that's easy work for me, right? That's easy work uh, as far as the music game, as far as the entertainment news. Y'all bear with me. I'm getting better. I'm just trying to perfect the craft. I'm just trying to perfect the perfect the skill set. So, uh, man, appreciate y'all. This is articulating. This is appreciate y'all for tuning in. This is your boy, William Jewel. This is articulating. This is articulating. Rap, 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 rap.